You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. You know, we've been in a series called uh, Revival. We've been talking about revival. We've been talking about what does it mean and what does it take to see revival come to pass. And, uh, you know, I had a message that I was planning to speak um, today, but last night, just seeing some stuff that's going on in our church, going on in our community, I feel like this is the appropriate message for today. And we're going to be talking about revival through prayer, revival through prayer. And I'll get to that other message eventually. But as I always say, our plan is plan B. God's plan is plan A. He's the one that's in charge of this church, not me, not our leadership team. We're submitting to him. And so uh, I believe that this message is going to speak directly to us today. But I would also say this, that without, um, there can be no great revival without great amounts of prayer. Um, I think many times we can get into a ditch where we think that God is, uh, God is sovereign to the fact that he's going to do whatever he wants to do. And I don't even have to really pray because, well, God's going to do what God wants to do. But I would pray that today we would see how there's a balance, how God is looking for people to partner with him to see his will come to pass. And I would also say this, that the biggest hindrance to answered prayer is the lack of prayer. The biggest hindrance to answered prayer is the lack of prayer. Many times we don't actually take it to God or we half-heartedly take it to God, whatever the issue is, and we don't truly let him go to work on our behalf. But today, I hope to change that a little bit. Um, I want to remind us of this as we go through and we talk about revival through prayer. I want to remind us that as believers, that we, we get the opportunity to pray from a position of authority. We don't pray from a position of fingers crossed, well, I hope something changes. We actually, God has positioned us in such a great way where we get to pray with a position of authority. In fact, I would also say this to kind of clarify that uh, a good sign of spiritual maturity is when we stop begging and pleading with God to do things that he's already promised to do. A good sign of spiritual maturity is when I stop begging and pleading with God to do things that he's already promised to do through his word. When I know his word, that shows that I have some, a little bit of maturity in my life, and now I can pray with my authority in agreement with his word, and I can see things come to pass. I can truly pray as Jesus taught us to pray that his, his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the world will tell you this, that what you don't know won't hurt you, but the truth is what you don't know will destroy you. That's what God's word says in Hosea 4, 6. It says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. When I don't know, when I face battles in my life and I don't know what God's word says, I I am setting myself up for destruction. It will destroy me and it will destroy my family. So here's the thing. When we know God's word, when we believe it in our heart and when we live it out, we can walk in authority. And that's what I want to talk about today. Before we get into that, before we talk about our authority and where that comes from, let me um, show you a few verses here. In Matthew 12, 29, here we see Jesus, and Jesus is being accused of casting out demons because he himself has a demon, which doesn't make sense. And so Jesus comes, and he gives some clarifying statements, and this is a very interesting verse. Here's what Jesus says. He says, how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man, and then he will plunder his house? Here's what's happening, is Jesus is actually talking about, um, he's referring to the strong man here, he's referring to our spiritual enemy, the devil. He's talking about how, he's saying, I have come into this world to bind the strong man, 
and to plunder his goods, meaning anything that he shouldn't have, I'm coming to take, and he's, he's positioning so, himself as the stronger man. And now, obviously, he's using, uh, he's using a little bit of a, a parable here, but this is what, or a story or example here, but this is what he's showing us. He's saying, I have come to bind the strong man, who, and I'm going to plunder his goods. He's positioning himself in authority. We'll come back to that in just a second. Here's another part where he says, now he's going to give this same authority to you and to me. It's in Matthew 16, 19. It says this, and I will give you, he says, he's talking to his disciples, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind, there's the same word, bind on earth, it will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, it will be loosed in heaven. So to bind it, is, here's what he's saying, to bind it is to for, forbid it from happening. To loose it is to allow it to happen. Whenever we go through life, there's going to be seasons and attacks that come against us where we have to do both of those things. Depends on what it is. If it's an attack coming against me, I need to bind it and say, no, I will not let you attack my family. I will not let that um, whatever come in and, and, and take over my family. Sometimes I need to loose it. Sometimes I need to um, pray that God would loosen that financial breakthrough for me. Lord, loose those finances to come my way, that favor at work or that, that breakthrough at work for me to get that promotion or that job. We need to pray and loose those things that are keeping it back, all things that are happening in the spiritual realm. But here's point number one. We have authority. We've established this, but let's break it down really quick. We have authority. Let me clarify this by saying we have to realize that the devil has power in the world. The devil has power in this world. Jesus compared him to a strong man. The, 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 The enemy, the devil, he has power, but we have authority. He may have power, but we have authority. Here's what happened. The devil had authority at one time. And so let's backtrack. Originally, who had authority over the earth? It was Adam. God gave Adam authority over the earth. Well, Adam lost it when him and Eve sinned. And what happened? They gave it to the enemy. But when Jesus came and through the finished work of Jesus, he said, I'm going to take back that authority that was given up. Jesus takes it back. And this is why in Matthew 28, 18, he says this, all authority, somebody say all All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. This is Jesus. All authority has been given to me. Look what he says to his disciples in Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you now the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all, somebody say all, over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. First he establishes, I have authority. Then he establishes, because you follow me, you put your faith in me, because you are my disciple, I am giving you authority over what? Power. The enemy's power. We're not talking about how the enemy has no power. If you've lived life at all, you know that spiritual attacks come. Spiritual attacks will come to your home. Spiritual attacks will come to your family. There is power behind it. But here's what he says. I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. I love that at the very end. No thing, nothing, no thing shall by any means harm you. This is a statement from, and a promise from Jesus himself. See, these verses put a lot of faith in us. Because when life happens, these verses, many times, if we're not careful, we can forget these verses. Right? Like when you're, when you're thinking about it, when, if you've ever been in the hospital, if you've ever been in an emergency situation, if you're not full of God's word, it can be easy to forget the promises that you have access to. This is why the devil's terrified of you reading and believing God's word. If we would read it and we'll believe it, we can do some damage. Point number two is this. The authority comes from the one who backs us. 
We may have authority, <clears throat> but the authority comes from the one who backs us. We carry this authority, but we're not the source <clears throat> of this authority. Let us never put uh, so much pride in ourselves. There's a healthy balance between us being prideful about who we are in Christ, but us also being humble about the position God has given us. It comes from the one who backs us. Look at 10, uh, Luke 10 and verse 17. The disciples have gone out, and the disciples are doing all these amazing things. And here's what they say to Jesus. They say, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Even the demons obey us when we use your name. They're amazed at what? They're not obeying us just because we're your disciples. They're obeying us because of what we are saying and the authority that we are using. A perfect example of this is a police officer directing traffic. I don't know about you, but I always thought to myself, that has to be one of the worst situations, right? Where there's an accident or something, and you have these police officers who are out there in the middle of the intersection, and they're trying to control these people who are so distracted and driving, and they're not, you know, the light's not working or whatever it is. They're out there in the middle of the intersection telling this line of people, you stay, okay, now you go. And I remember, uh, I actually went to, to, I have a degree in criminal justice, and some of the training we got, one of the guys he was telling us about a time where, Nobody was listening to him. He was out there, and he was bossing people around, and he said, like, every fifth car, they were just were not paying attention to me. And he said, eventually, I just had to get my, uh, he, my big mag light out, and whenever they wouldn't listen, I would just, you know, knock their uh, side view mirror a little bit whenever they came by just to teach them a lesson and get their attention. I thought, I don't know if that's, you should be telling us that, but um, I understand your frustration. But anyway, I just think it's, it's not a very safe thing. But what happens? We are forced, when we come into those situations and we see a police officer and who's directing traffic, we're forced, to, we, we obey his commands. Why? He's not out there physically getting in front of my car and holding my car in place while I'm hitting the gas pedal. What's he using? His authority. He's not using his power or his force, his physical force to keep me from going. He's using his authority by pulling up his hand and saying, no, you, you need to stop. He's simply using his authority. And here's the good news for us. When we walk in our God-given authority, we look the same way to the demons and the devils of this world. It's like we're walking around. What gives the authority? It's the badge. When I put my faith in Jesus and I become a child of God and when I put on my armor of God, it's like I'm suiting up basically in a police officer's uniform and I'm walking around with what? Authority. It's not in my own self. It's in who backs me. We wear this badge of authority. We become a member of God's family. And guess what? Now we have the opportunity to bind things or to stop things, just like a police officer stops vehicles. Stop. You come. We get to do the same thing. We get to spiritually direct traffic in our lives. So let's make this practical. How do I apply my authority? It all comes back to prayer. How do I apply my authority? Step number one is this. I need to bind the devil. Bind the devil. We just talked about it. We have authority, but we have to bind things and loose things. The first and the most important is to bind the devil. In James 4, 7, it's, he says, <clears throat> Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. He might flee. No. Hopefully he'll flee. No. He will flee from you. But there's a few steps. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, number two, and he will flee. Here's what we're doing when we, do, when, we, when we put this verse into practice. Here's what we're doing. We're reminding ourselves, 
where, I'm remi- where you remind yourself of your position, and then you remind the devil of his. Remind myself of my position, and then I remind the devil of his. I submit myself to God, and I say, God, I'm thankful for you, and I'm thankful for the authority that you've given me. I thank you for your Holy Spirit and the power that you've given me to do work on your behalf. I'm thankful that you've blessed me with the chance, Lord, to steward your kingdom well, and I pray that you would help me. And right now, I come against any attack of the enemy. I bind sickness in the name of Jesus, and I tell it to get out. I bind that hindrance right now in the name of Jesus, and I tell it to get out. I bind that spirit of addiction, and I tell it to get out right now in the name of Jesus. The Lord rebukes you in the name of Jesus. I submit myself. Because without God, without the power of his Holy Spirit, I am nothing. But with him, I have access to his authority, and I can go to work on his behalf. Bind the devil. Number two is this. Pray in the name of Jesus. You may be sitting there thinking, Pastor Dan, this seems pretty elementary. And I'll tell you this. Absolutely it is. The gospel is simple. But without simple disciplines, people live a life in church but with no faith. I know people that have been in church their whole life, and they have no faith whenever attacks come their way. They fold every time. Why? Because they fail to do the simple things in the gospel. Pray. I bind the devil. I'm just doing what God's word says. I pray in the name of Jesus. Jesus is the name above every name. Look at Philippians 2.10. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. I love that. Heaven, earth, and hell. All three real places. The name of Jesus is the most powerful thing in all three places. John 14, 14, Jesus says, If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Simple. I think many times we pray in the name of Jesus because it's a... It's a uh, a habit. That's what you're supposed to do, right? Especially if you're praying in front of people and you're trying to make sure you say all the right things and sound smart and sound uh, spiritually mature. And uh, well, I better, you know, wrap this prayer up with in the name of Jesus. Amen. Otherwise, people are going to look at me funny, right? This is how we do it. If you've been in church at all, you just, you've heard it. And so you do it. Rather than, I would say this, we don't pray in the name of Jesus because it's a good tradition. We pray in the name of Jesus and in his name because we believe that every knee bows to the authority behind it. Anything that can be named, if it has a name, it has to bow. Depression, sickness, cancer, COVID, can you name it? It has to bow. It has to bow. And Jesus backs it, I love it, in John 14. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Why? It's the authority in his name. It's the power behind his name, and we get to carry it. Number three is this, the last one. I need to pray God's word. See how easy we're making this today? Man, you can apply this to your life today, somebody. Come on, this is easy. But it's effective. 
pray God's word. Let me give you a few verses. This is, this is amazing. Psalm 103, verse 20. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Mm, man, this is good. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Here's what this shows us. There, angels are listening for the voice of God's word. And when they hear it, they do what it commands them to do. Man, isn't that good? They're listening for the voice of God's word. So how does God, how does the word of God get a voice? When we pray it out loud. When I take it from page I consume it, and I put it in my heart, and I speak it by faith. And when I speak by faith, God's word says that the angels are listening. And they say, we can go to work on that behalf, right there. We can go to work right here. They're praying in agreement with, with, with what Jesus said. We can do that. We can make that happen. We can give protection here. We can fight off that attack here. They're listening. But too many times we pray without backing it with God's word. I got to know this. What's the battle you're facing? What's God's word say about it? Say it. Pray it. Why? Angels are listening to go to work on your behalf. Not because you're so great. Just because you've aligned and submitted yourself to his word. 1 John 5, 14 through 15. Now this is the confidence that we have in God. That if we ask anything according to his will... He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. What's God's will? We talk about this all the time. It's his word. It's not a mystery. It's not difficult. How twisted of a God would it be for him to say, ask anything according to my will, but my will's a mystery. If you can guess it, I'll do it. That's not the God we serve. He says, again, the gospel's simple. Here's my will for your life. Now pray in agreement with my will. I will hear you. Your prayers don't fall on deaf ears. I will hear you. And guess what? Then we can say, we know. We have the petitions that we ask of him. By faith, they're ours. When we pray, I always pray for the immediate. I always pray that I would see an answer right now in the name of Jesus. When I pray for somebody for healing, I'm believing that when I finish this prayer, they will be made heal, they're whole and healed, completely healthy. That's how I pray. When I pray for breakthrough, I pray that it's happening right now. But can I tell you, sometimes it doesn't. Anybody, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you prayed for something, didn't happen right away? Sometimes you're going to work on something that's taken root in your life, and it's like chopping down a tree with an ax. If you have something that's taken root in your life that's come against your family, sometimes it's like having a big old tree in your backyard and you got an ax and you got to go out there and get rid of that thing. You got to chop it down first. I can't chop down a huge tree with one swipe. Sometimes it takes me coming back again and again and again and again and again and again. And sometimes I get so exhausted I don't have the English words to pray. 
Sometimes I get so exhausted. I, God, I don't know how I can keep praying for this. But would you give me the strength? But I keep chopping and I keep going by faith. And this is the heart of the Father. When you read the New Testament, you see that several times he says what? Ask, seek, and knock. Jesus many times used parables talking about how there was somebody who would come and they would continually come to someone in need until finally they broke the person and they would say, okay, I'm going to give you what you asked because you wore me down. We're not here to wear down God, but I'm just saying this, that persistence in prayer is key to great victories. Sometimes I have to chop and chop and chop until eventually that thing falls over. And guess what? There's still some work to do because I got to get the roots out too. It takes some work. But until we're willing to work in prayer, we will never see God's will done in our life. But God is waiting and he's asking, would you partner with me with the authority that I've given you and would you go to work on my behalf? He's not looking for robots. He's not looking for people that will come to him like a vending machine. He's looking for people who will go to work. And as Paul writes, he's looking for good soldiers who will go to work on his behalf. Sometimes you're going to do these three steps right here, right? I'm going to apply my authority. I'm going to bind the devil. I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus. I'm going to pray God's word, and I'm going to do this. But I got a text last night from uh, a friend of mine whose his, his dad is in the hospital right now, and I could tell he was discouraged. And he said, man, we've been praying. It's just feeling heavy. It's, it's heavy on me right now. And he said, I've been praying, but I run out of words. And he said, so I've just been praying in the spirit. And I don't know what you've been taught or what you believe about praying in the spirit, but I would challenge you if, if you have a, if, as soon as I say that, if you have a negative connotation to that, um, I would venture to say that you've probably been taught wrong because it's not a, uh, it's not a show it's not a weird thing. I've done some messages on it in the past. I would challenge you to go back on our podcast and listen to those in our Holy Spirit series and our prayer series. I'd make it clear, just like it is today, very clear. But God, in his word, he says that he gives us a heavenly language to pray outside of our understanding. Because have you ever been in a battle and you run out of English words? I'm, I'm so exhausted, I don't even know, I can't even put a sentence together right now. And when Josh texted me that last night, I just encouraged him and I said, you're doing the right thing. I said, that's what I've been doing all week for your situation. Because I can only pray so long right here. Eventually I need to submit myself and through a heavenly language, the Holy Spirit prays perfect prayers and he takes our ineffective prayers and he makes them Perfect. And he presents them before the Father in alignment with God's word. And now the angels and God and his power can go to work on our behalf. So really there's four things here. <laughs> One, two, three, and number four is when you run out of words, pray in the spirit. I do it every day. Not in front of people to be weird or to get attention to myself. Privately in my own time, I pray in the spirit. Here's the reflection questions as I wrap up today. How much time am I praying Every day. How much time am I spending in prayer? <laughs> Remember, the biggest hindrance to answered prayer is the lack of prayer. I'm not talking about during your quiet time for 5 or 10 or 15 minutes in the morning. I'm talking about praying throughout your day. 
That's what God's word says. Don't cease in praying. Number two is this. Have I been praying with authority? If I could read the transcripts of my prayers, would my prayers be from a position of fingers crossed, I hope something happens, or from a position of defeat? Or am I positioning myself when I pray with the authority that I've been given? Am I positioning myself by binding the devil? Do I see these things? Am I praying in the name of Jesus? Am I praying God's word out loud so that they can go to work on our behalf? If we'll do these things, we can pray for revival, we can pray for breakthrough, we can, we can pray for these things, but until again we are persistent and active and diligent and relentless in prayer, we will never see the breakthrough that we long for. It's going to take a little work. But I say, bring it on. I like a little bit of work. Let's go to work and let's see God move in our lives. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we love you. And Lord, right now, I just take a moment and I pray specifically for our church family. I pray specifically for the people in this room. I pray for everyone listening on the podcast or watching online. Lord, I pray that right now that you would stir their heart. I pray that you, Holy Spirit, as you said you would, you would give us the, the, the attitude and the want to to do your will. And Lord, I pray that you would put this burning desire in us to pray and to spend time with you and to pray on behalf, not just of ourselves, but of our families, of our communities. I pray that you would remind us of your word and give us boldness to pray big prayers, faith-filled prayers and bold prayers to see your will be done in our lives. God, we thank you for it. We expect, we are joyfully expecting big things as we pray with persistence, as we pray in your name that is above every name, and as we align our words, Lord, with your words. We expect big things in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.